0: Uh, Welcome again to committed to discipleship. All right, here we go.
1: And uh, we are um, on chapter. I believe chapter eight of commitment to discipleship, and we are looking at how to train a disciple and parting um, the basics. And so we are just about a little bit half or well, over halfway finished with this book. And so we are thankful um, and grateful uh, for this particular journey um, that, God's ha- that God had us on uh, of learning what uh, a disciple is all about and the commitment that is required to be his disciple. Um, so I pray that thus far it's been a blessing uh, for you. I pray that um, during this time you are um, thinking about um, the, the the steps and thinking about the work that is required and counting the costs. What Jesus uh, required for us to do is to count the costs before making that commitment. So, Um, to those who have not made the commitment, to those who have made the commitment, I pray that that you all would consider the cost and and if you have made that commitment, um, that you will continue in this great work that God has called for us to do, um, this type of work uh, of building one another, of of uplifting one another, um, building us to the point where we um, uh, have the mind of Jesus Christ and that we understand the things of the spirit, and we understand God's thoughts, and we're doing this particular work until He comes for us. And we're going to talk about that today, uh, mentioning uh, First Thessalonians in our reading. We're going to kind of, I uh, believe, talk about that today. Um, so I made a kind of made a mistake. I was studying all week, chapter nine and chapter ten. And when I went to go post the, the message for yesterday, I realized that I'm supposed to be on chapter eight. So uh, I had to do some some backtrack and do some uh, studying of chapter eight. Um, and so I pray that my message doesn't cross. It might cross with chapter nine because I've just been drilling in that all week long for some reason. And so, um, but it, it, it's gonna be all right. We're gonna, we're gonna be all right in this. So uh, before we continue, though, are there any questions or comments from from last week, from the previous weeks? Um, Any questions in your reading or um, great statements you may come across or anything you want to discuss? All right, cool. Just want to make sure I afford you all that opportunity uh to ask any questions or and remember that the things that i don't go over in class it is your responsibility to still do the reading um and then uh you know highlight or underline some things that uh, you may have stand out to you and that you want to bring up on the next class you can definitely do so but as you see we don't cover every inch of this book um but we do cover a good uh, a good number percentage of this book in in our um, weekly gatherings. So we are on chapter eight, like I said, um, how to train a disciple and partying the basics. I just have two slides before we hop into the book. Um, I want to just spend one week on this book. And so we're not going to delve, uh, cover everything in, I mean, sorry, one week in this chapter. Um, We're not going to delve in all in all of this chapter usually i break it up in two weeks but i just want to do this one in one week and then i want to jump into chapter nine next week okay so let's go ahead and go forward here okay um so the slide says finally we must position ourselves to become faithful ministers of jesus christ Paul said, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. And so from a biblical perspective, learning comes in all phases. Some learning comes in in a classroom setting, some come in one-on-one. And uh, here Paul is talking about learning Uh, from a mentor or learning from being a a model uh, for disciples, for new disciples. So we need mentors and models um, uh, uh, that follow a certain protocol according to scriptures. And so uh, we need someone who models in God's word and um, holy and righteous living and faithful, faithful service so if you see this chart, or if you can't see this chart, um, here uh, gives us an example of what of what God is looking for. And if you see the blue lines, um, God is looking for a disciple that, that is constantly rolling in the knowledge of God's word and they are able to exhibit that in holy and righteous living and faithful service to God. And so this is something that um, as a disciple, you want to, uh, look for when it comes to someone you, um, look up to or someone you want to follow after. Um, Paul says, you know, follow after me as I follow Christ. And so we don't want for you to follow after us to idolize us, but we're, we're just saying follow after me as I follow Christ. Um, many of us need that example of how to live, um, the way that Jesus wants us to live. We need to know How to respond in situations and how to respond in everyday situations. So, um, as a as a model, as a mentor, um, in that your life is an open book, though, and not a closed one. And so, we should not be offended. Hear this: we should not be offended when someone wants to get an understanding of our actions, or or what we say, or what we do our lives become the blackboard for disciples, and we must encourage and, we, and invite others to see it. So, um, and so we've been taught the opposite though, um, in our uh, religious um, experience that the local leader, um, he lives this life that is different from, uh, that is hidden from the, from the congregation, And that we don't know anything about his life and that uh, our lives should be uh, hidden. Even as uh, congregants, we don't tell people everything about our lives and we do things in secret and quiet. But as a disciple, if you're desiring to be a model or a mentor for Jesus Christ, your life is on display. And people are going to ask you certain things about what your belief system and how you carry yourself and your actions and what you do and what you say and you should be able to give an answer for that. And so, there's a lot of uh, responsibility when it comes being when it uh, when it comes to be a spiritual uh, guide or a spiritual mentor or a leader in the church. And so, um, this might make you think twice when it comes to being a, um, a leader in a church, because your life is going to be on display. And so, uh, that's something that we really need to, um, keep in mind there. Okay. Any comments or questions about that? All right. Um, going back to the slide here. Um, it says that, uh faithfulness as ministers of making disciples involves opening yourself up to those the Lord has entrusted to your care. Okay. Um, and so we were all, um, uh, we have a religious tradition background or whatever, um, and, and Christendom and all of our lives, people really never got to, to know us, or we have maybe certain people, that we may hang out with, but majority of the time the, we live by the phrase, you know, stay out my business and I'll stay out yours. Um, but when it comes to discipling, um, there is no discipling God's people without intimacy. So the, the, you have to think about it. The disciples work with Jesus 24, seven, they ate together, they slept together. They share struggles they saw Jesus mentoring and modeling kingdom truths every day. And so there was no such thing as a private life uh, for the disciples. So what Jesus uh, was saying theoretically and uh, theological went over their heads at times, but they were able to see it in action. And so that's something that we must remember as well, that as we are teaching one another as leaders, um, as disciples of Jesus Christ, they may not understand what we're saying, but they're definitely watching what we're doing. Okay. And so uh, we have to understand that Jesus, he did not come uh, to minister, uh, he, uh, Son of Man, came to minister and not to be ministered unto. And so he had a work here that he had to do here. And so we must recognize that our lives must be used by God as part of the disciple-making process. Um, And so on on the contrary, we're so used to just seeing our leaders on a Sunday or just once or twice a week, whereas discipleship, as a disciple, your life is on display every day, okay? Um, And so this work, let me go back to the slide here. It says that this work involves both teaching and training. We should work hard to change the culture of our local congregation to one where everyone understands their call both to be a disciple and to make disciples. The disciple making process should be deliberate and systematic. So this type of work you just doesn't you don't do haphazardly. And so we must work hard in this particular work because this is what Jesus instructed for us to do. And so we can't continue with um, uh, following the thoughts and the cares of this world because it will hinder our growth. And so one thing that we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to count religious things rubbish, count our tradition rubbish, count our experiences rubbish, that's what Paul had to do in Philippians three, uh, one through uh, Philippians three eight through ten. He says, "Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus uh, Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and that and be found in Him." Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness of God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share in his sufferings and become like him um, in his death. OK, and so this is um, the call. This is something that we are required to do. As disciples of Jesus Christ is to throw everything away um, and to um, lean and depend depend on God and that um, the, uh, and that our righteousness of God depends on our faith that we may know him in the power of his uh, resurrection and through his suffering. And so our next slide says at the same time, it may look different for one situation or person than another. And so when it comes to the training process, it may look different. Um, so the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us through this work according to First Corinthians, okay? And so going back to the slide, it says this is where prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit's guidance is needed. And so in First Corinthians 12, um, what the scripture is saying to Corinth, and if the particular scripture Corinthians uh, twelve is saying saying to us about the it talks about the variety of menstruations and effectiveness and so the Holy Spirit is diversified um, among the body and we need for the Holy Spirit to guide us and so we are in a need of recognizing truth and so we are uh, and we are uh, in a situation of, um, living by the wisdom of this world. That's all we really know is by the, uh, living by the wisdom of this world, but we need from the Holy spirit. We need to allow the Holy spirit to teach us the way of Jesus Christ. Okay. And so we need to move to the wisdom, wisdom of God. So truth is already established in his word. And so we need to be positioned to recognize truth, to have our eyes open, um, uh, when we're, um, uh, when we reach on uh, the ye shall know the truth chart, the last step is to be in a position to recognize truth. That is a place where we have our eyes open. And so many of us who decide to stay believers, you have eyes, but you are blind. You're, um, and so that's even worse. That's even the same as non-believers, how they don't have any eyes, scripture says. And so uh, not having eyes, but having eyes and in, in, our, in our blind, that's pretty much almost the same, just about. But we want to get you to the point, the Holy Spirit wants to get you to the point of having eyes and um, your eyes being open to the truth of God, okay? Um, Going back to the uh, slide, it says, but notice um, that we are at a point in this class where fluency in the word of God is assumed. And so when we're reading this particular book,
2: this author has this assumption that that the reader knows
1: the word of God. And when it comes to our experience, uh, we're still in the process, we're still in training uh, when it comes to knowing knowing the word of God. So the textbook author has this this, uh, thing that we should be able to uh, pick up this book read it, and then go do what the what the text bar, textbook author tells us to do. But in this, there are a lot of nuances, there are a lot of caveats um, that we've been pointing out these past few weeks. In order for us to even get to the point of training, we have to be trained ourselves in the Word of God. And that is what um, God is requiring for us to do, is to be trained in his word. And so these particular sessions that we have and Wednesday night and um, uh, any other nights that we gather, we need to be focused on the word of God. For that is, that's the kind of work that we should be focused on until the day that he comes back, okay? And so um, the end part of this slide here, it says that, Um, prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit guidance will yield little results absent of a mature understanding and knowledge of the word of God. And so there's no reason to pray asking for the Holy Spirit to do anything supernatural if you do not have a firm foundation in the word of God. So, if you don't know God's word, you can only grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. So, uh, people are so quick to pray that the Holy Spirit open up my eyes and the Holy Spirit help me to, you know, uh, reveal what it is that you want for the Lord to do and, uh, what it is that the Lord wants me to do in my life. We want, we want everything to happen so mystically and happen so supernaturally. But if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know what the word is saying for you to do, then you will never get the answer that you're looking for. And so we can't just, um, think that the Holy Spirit just operate in this mystical form without us doing the work. We have work to do. And so it is important for us to learn what it is that the scriptures are saying for us to do if we want the answers that we're looking for. And so, um, so that's something that we need to continue to grow in, continue to mature in. And Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 8, um, it says that, For the qualities are yours and are in. So, we need to be always in be uh be increasing in our faith um, that they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, we have to always be pursuing the things of the things of the Lord so that we uh won't be uh ineffective or unfruitful, okay? And so, what we um do. We must adhere to with fidelity, though. If if we do, then we will have a level of knowledge that is based in God's word and as a result to obey God's word. Okay, and so the things that the scriptures reveal are, are, are for you and. Um, It is for you to know the secrets of the kingdom. Um, As disciples, you have that opportunity. God has given us the opportunity to know the mysteries of his word, the secrets of the kingdom. So if you are not dedicating yourself, though, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you will never have that opportunity to understand the secrets of the kingdom. It's just like what we've been talking about um, this past week and Vacation Bible School, we've been dealing with parables. And so parables are secrets of the kingdom. And so Jesus always took his disciples separately away from the group to explain the secrets of the kingdom. He did not explain the secrets of the kingdom to the crowds. He did not explain the secrets of the kingdom to religious people. He did it for his disciples only. And so if we want to understand the things of the spirit, the mind of Christ and God's thoughts, We have to dedicate ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ, okay? Um, And then in Matthew um, 13, uh, verse 10 through 11, it says, The disciples came, and they said to him, Why do you speak in parables? And he answered them. He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Okay, so you want to understand the secrets of the kingdom and the secret, this uh, secrets of the kingdom of heaven, then you must belong to Jesus Christ. You must dedicate yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay, Um, and then he goes on uh, further, speaking through Paul in First Corinthians chapter two verses eleven. Check Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. Paul says that for who knows a person' thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, uh, received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given by God. and, and we impart this in words and not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. Uh, The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they they are uh, spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, we have the mind of Christ. And so um, I gave you all examples of the, the desire to go further in Jesus Christ and being his disciple. And that in that, you'll be, a, you'll be able to understand the things of the spirit. You'll be able to understand the mind of Christ and getting to a place where you have the mind of Christ as well. OK. And so but in this, we have to really remember that it doesn't happen overnight. So the discipleship uh, making process takes time and should, and we should remember Paul's encouragement in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. He gives us this encouragement. He said, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the, uh, that the Lord, uh, your labor is not in vain, in vain. So doing this type of work, studying, learning about God's word, this work will not be in vain. This is the work that God is calling for us to do. This is what it means to be the church. It has nothing to do with singing in the choir and doing events and all this stuff. That is secondary. The word of God should be first. It should be primary. But in our local churches today, it's flipped. It's flipped. We put more emphasis on singing and making sure the stage is right, making sure we have the ambience right in the church. But when it comes to the learning the word of God, sometimes it's, it's not even secondary, it's tertiary. It's like low on the list. Um, but at the end of the day, this is the work that God is calling for us to do. Okay. Um, and so um, any questions thus far? Because I've just been going and, I could just go and get through this lesson. That'd be perfect. But I want to make sure that you guys are with me. You guys are good. Oh, the saints are on today. Okay. All right. You're all online today. Praise our God. So, um, yeah, just want to make that clear. All right. And so um, uh, going back, the last line of the slide says, these guidelines can be seen. Um, about the disciple-making process, that these guidelines can be seen in 1 Thessalonians 1, 5-10. Um, and he says that um, because our gospel came to you, so this is Paul speaking to the church of Thessalonica, and he says that because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among
3: you for your sake and you became imitators of us and
1: of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the holy spirit so that you came became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia for not only has the word of the lord sounded forth Uh, from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus uh, who delivers us, Uh, from the wrath to come and so this right here is like accolades to the uh, Thessalonica church how um uh, when you go through this process of discipleship you are going to become an example for others as well Paul said it was reported to me about you all's conduct and it's pleasing to his ears and so um he, uh, he says that you know what kind of man we proved to be among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the lord and so that is something that it is um, desired that i spoke of in the beginning of class uh, that we should be imitators of the lord and so we see that example through models um, and mentors that and spiritual guides that god has placed in our lives but we have to remember like i said in the beginning that our as a leader, as spiritual guide, your life is always on display. That um, you should not be offended when someone comes to you and asks you about your actions. You should be held accountable for everything you do. Because why? you are an ambassador, you are a representative of Jesus Christ. And nothing is hidden, for real. <laughs> and so uh, be able to give an account for everything that you do so that is if you want to be a leader in the, in the church in the uh in God's church be, be the leader in the church um that's one of the requirements that you must have your life on display you must be able to give an account of all your actions and everything that you do I, I bet you if we say that in, uh, in other local churches a lot of leaders will uh will step down like immediately, because if we start looking at their lives and
2: we even got to
1: dig through, we could just open the door of their house and just see it. it was like, mm, okay, you're going to step down. We're going to make you sit down. Okay. All right. So um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. And so we have to understand um, why we do um, do this work. And, and first Thessalonians, he says, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the true living God and to wait for his son from heaven who he raised from the dead uh, deliver us from the wrath to come and so as we are doing this work as being disciples of Jesus Christ we uh, we're doing this work until he comes back for us okay and so we're waiting for that return from heaven so this is why we are always abounding in the work of the Lord okay Um, so when it comes back we have to give an account uh, do we want to. We always say in, in our church that I just want to hear "well done." Our good and faithful servant. And another sort of word for servant is what minister. He's going to call you his minister, and he's going to ask. He's going to ask you about your about your doings, and you got to be able to give an account for your doings. And so, um, and so that is something that um, we are we are uh, awaiting for. Okay, and so. Uh, Let's see here. Another point is you can't disciple anybody who does not want to spend time with you. So who don't want to be amongst us. It's hard to disciple those. You always got those saying, well, can't you just disciple me one-on-one and can I just pick up the phone and disciple you? And this is different when they're like out of town or something like that and they can't be amongst us. That's why we have Zoom so there's really no excuse. But If if that excuse comes, sometimes we may do one-on-one, but a lot of times when people say one-on-one, well, the the people that I uh, uh, have encountered, they don't want to be amongst the other disciples of Jesus Christ. They want to, you know, be able to ask their own questions and be able to uh, basically guide the whole session. Because I just have questions. I just want to ask questions. No, you're not going to ask questions. You're going to learn this Bible first. And then I'm going to help you. I'm going to uh, lead you to the point where you understand the Holy Spirit is here to help you to answer these questions. I don't have all the answers. We're gonna talk about um, later on in this particular book, how the author says that um, many of the leaders try to do the work of the Holy Spirit themselves by trying to give the people all the answers. That's not what we're here for. We're here to train you to be in position so, so that the Holy Spirit can help you find the answers in his word. People don't like that. Because every time people used to ask me questions, I will say, Google it. I will say, Google it so fast. Go look it up. But y'all, we're living in this microwave generation where we want everything now, but we don't want to do the work. We want microwave food, but we don't want to cook from scratch. We don't. I'd rather have food cooked from scratch than a microwave food, but you know this generation, they probably Raymond a news in a minute. I think that's just of the devil. That's just of the devil. I don't care what no anyone says. Um, <laughs> um, so let's go. Are there any comments or questions? We'll hop right into the book then. We're good. I
4: have a question. Yeah. Um, with that response? kind of be if you're not giving like full context of why you're telling people to go google it what could that like turn people away from asking questions
1: um no because i wouldn't just say flat out just go google it i would uh it depends on the on the person now some questions i will entertain but if I know that this person keeps asking question after question and then don't they have no, they don't come with any type of research or any type of I've been thinking about this and I've been looking through scriptures, but I can't find if I don't see any effort on your part, then I'm going to keep going. but if you're doing some effort, if you're trying to find the answer, yeah, then I'm going to try to help you find the answer. But if, I'm talking about those who always got a question, but don't ever want to do the work. And, then, and this is why these sessions are here to help you all to, to learn how to do the work. I give you all research, I give you all uh, sources that you can use to research these things. You have online research to, to uh, online resources to use to search these things out. And if you come to us with, with what you research, Then we have something to work with, you know, to help you all become students, studious students, rather than just always just have a question, but don't want to do the work. You see what I'm
2: saying?
4: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, more towards maybe turning that into more of like a more positive experience. Cause I've got to go Google it and it did not feel good.
1: But did you do the research?
4: I Googled it, but I still don't feel like I got a better understanding. But at that point I was just kind of like done. It didn't really mean anything to me anymore.
1: So if you research, how come you didn't come back and say, you know, I, I, I thought about it and I, I, I researched and this is what I came up with. If, if, it, if that question was really important to you, you should have came back to the person and said, "This is what our research am I on the right track."
4: Don't I do don't that. think I got the full context of, um, like, how you just explained because we didn't have like all the classes and all the resources back then. Um, so that's why I like I didn't have that whole context part of you need to study and all that stuff, and then come back to me like that wasn't part as I said, maybe saying just go Google it might not be the best response, but adding on all the other things.
1: Right, and so to say go, go research it yourself is, is a really good response, because you don't want to just take for what I say uh, as goal. You want to do the research. Even before we started TLC, we always emphasize Bible study, research, and things of that sort, and so if you're we, we, we want for you all to, to do the work, to find it yourselves. And so we live, but the thing is, we come from a generation where we ask the leaders questions and they give us these answers. But we're right now, we are training you to, to rely and depend on the Holy Spirit for you to have the answers, um, to, to get the answers. And so in that, the Holy Spirit um, allows us to have these resources and things that we can look at. And so, yeah, so now we're, um, whatever your experience may have been then, um, just, just know and just understand that uh, we, are, we are helping you all to get to the point where you can do the work for yourself and to, and to research. And so every person, I'm not just going to say, Google it. I want to at least know that you did the work. But if you're that type of person who won't do the work, and just constantly ask questions. Eventually, I'm going to tell you to go Google it, go go research, and then come back and just to, to let me know what you have found or whatever. So, I, I go ahead. Like
4: the scripture tells us to study, to show ourselves approved. Yeah, and a lot of times um, in past times. Many people just went
1: well, on oh, whatever the leader said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they were seeking a leader more than seeking out the Word of God and the truth in the Word, mm-hmm. and that can lead to problems too. Because then you, you um, a lot of things you have to tear down later in life because you were taught wrong. Right, right. If that one person does not know anything. You have to seek Holy Spirit to give us the answers that we desire through the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there's a, a point in this uh, particular book where the author talks about, you know, if you're in church listening to the preacher, you want to take notes. What's the point of taking notes of what the preacher is saying if you're not going to go back into your word to make sure that whatever they're saying is true? So that's one thing that we have to learn that leaders are good, not to, not to down leaders. Leaders are good. This is what the Lord has desired uh, for his church to to look out, is to have these spiritual guides and leaders, but it's also our responsibility to um, to do the work for ourselves. I remember when uh, taking note because I was I'm a note taker. I'm a note taker, and so I would take the notes in church. Um, this is before the Bible Center. So uh, when I was at my previous church, I would take the notes, and then on that um, during throughout the week, I would take time out. To go sit in a Panera, look at my notes and look at the scriptures, and to see what it is that that this particular preacher or the pastor is talking about, to make sure that I have an understanding. And sometimes I would go back to the pastor and ask a question. You know that message that you preach, but that is that is a, a particular uh, effort and a particular work that we are that we should strive to do. So go ahead, Eva. Before the Google experience mm-hmm. that made us really lazy, yeah. <laughs> um, looking at the era from which I think she's speaking from, back then, my experience was, under the teachers was I may have had a question concerning something. Mm-hmm. They would say to me, what I want you to do mm-hmm. is go back and research that. Look it yeah. up. You had concordance, You had different yeah. translations. Mm-hmm. There were different books. So they still put you to the work. Right now, whatever I got, then I go back and said, "This is what I found," mm-hmm. and that's when they begin to expound on it. And uh, um, based on my interpretation of what I read, read they would then say, well, you, you're on the right track, then mm-hmm. what?" And give me the rest. Yeah. But in that way, I've been a good teacher mm-hmm. to keep spoon feeding you. Yeah. Because there's too much out there in terms of books. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't a Google. Right. You should be able yeah. to go to study and look yeah. up, research, and that's what we don't want to do. Yeah, We don't want to research. Why? Because that's putting work. Yeah, in. that's doing work. That's true. That is so true. before the Google era, yeah. <laughs> my pastor bought me a concordance. The big old thing about how thick is this table, my mom has my concordance, <laughs> and uh, she, she bought it for me for, for graduation. How lovely. She bought me a concordance and so, um, yeah, doing the work. We just got to learn how to do the work. And um, it, it's tough. It ain't fun. Uh, we want answers quick. But if we want the godly answers, we want right answers, we're want we going to do the work. Well, let me just say, go when you say, go uh, Google, it's just the end-time world of study. You have the end-time world of research. That's the only difference is to other than go back and research. And you now we can say Google it because now you have more engines mm-hmm. you can use to get to a certain yeah. place faster than, we had to go to the library. It was mm-hmm. a lot you had to do back then. Yeah. But Google is a faster pace. Yeah, And so if I say, El uh, Camille, blah, 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 and you look at me and say, mm, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go Google that, research mm-hmm. that out, then come back to me because I want to see. You know what I'm saying? So it is an exercise to help stretch the
3: capacity of studying
1: yeah yeah definitely uh Bridget
3: you have something yes I was going to say it's all it's also like just to make it a little bit more simpler and everything it's like when you was in school and you had a math problem or equation and you go to the teacher like I got this wrong and they say well show me your work show me your work when we used to do math problems, we had to show how we got to the answer. Now my son come to me with a math problem, ain't showing no. I'm like, I don't even know where where you got this from. <laughs> like, I need to see the work. I need to see how you got there, so I can show you the disconnect. So I can show you where you made the wrong turn. So I can, I can't see nothing. And so now that's what that's right. what they're really trying to say is show me your work. Show me the work. And like you sure. said, now we're just trying to use their language. Like when pastor was saying that part or no cap, or we saying Google it, we, okay. we trying to be on your lap, le- you know, trying to use your language, but we really saying, show me the word, show me what you really saying. Show me what you really need from me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In, definitely.
3: in your language. <laughs> right. <in> your language. <laughs> Language and then then you get like, Oh, you just said go Google it. Well, I'm trying to talk like y'all be talking, I really wanted to say something else, right? Right, right. Growing up, I had a set of
1: encyclopedias in the house, right in my room on my shelf, encyclopedias. So, and assignments, if I was a teacher. Listen, you have to program the encyclopedia. go write fair draft Yes, right.
2: They got it easy now. Right. They do
1: have easy.
2: Uh Tanya, yes. you have something. Yes, yes. How you doing? Good morning. Um I think when it comes to what, you know, everything that I said is really great um, for us, you know, study yourself or prove is very important, not just to, you know, and also you can think of it to also like if you were in college, what. I used to love, love, love to study, especially in math, because when I was in high school, it was like math was not my area of strength. So when I got to college, I was making A's and B's like, oh, I can really do this. But the uh, studying is, is very important. But also what I have learned to do as well, and sometimes have those not only just study yourself approve and go back over what you know was' been you know has been preached but also accountability partners like sometimes just you know somebody like oftentimes doing you know doing a week when God gave me something if I need a deeper understanding I'm a researcher but also get you know uh uh get around some believers that believe, you know, uh, the biblical prin- uh, principles or whatever of the Bible, and we come together and it's like, okay, what you get out of this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, just to see if we, you know, both, if we are walking in the same vein, like, okay, you know, getting a, a deeper understanding because it's always good to, to listen, you know, to people that really, you know, also study they self-approved as well. So when you are struggling and you might not fully get it, it can kind of like help alleviate that pressure. Like I'm just not getting it, you know what I'm saying? So I always like doing, you know, doing a week or whatever, just even yesterday, you know, just, you know, I had accountability partner where we was getting the word of God concerning Paul. And um, just, you know, and we were on the same page. I thank God for that. So accountability partners, and like you said, not only just, you know, hearing from the pastor and just putting all the pressure, on the past, or the leader, but it's also our job to get in our word ourselves as well so th- that we can stay self approved and so we can get a deeper understanding that's through um, the, you know, also through the Holy Spirit and spending time with God and reading this word.
1: Yeah, definitely. 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 Thank you for that. Yep. All right. We are moving right along here um, in our book, uh, chapter eight, um start on page i believe it's 101 um it says that um as uh the disciple of jesus christ uh, began <laughs> begins uh his disciple making ministry he finds before him a fivefold objective elaborated by the apostle paul in first thessalonians five through ten so we kind of look at that and so uh uh, number one, he talks about solid decisions for Christ. He said, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove uh, to be among you for your sake. Uh, when Paul preached the gospel to the Thessalonians, the word was proclaimed with power. It was accompanied by the Holy Spirit and the results was that the people who came to Christ were were filled with much assurance, they made solid decisions for Christ. And so here with the Thessalonica church, they did not just receive salvation, but they committed their lives to be disciples of Jesus Christ as well. Okay. So here we see that. uh, I don't know if you all remember from New Testament, sir. New Testament survey class the presumption of discipleship and so once someone receives Jesus Christ as their savior in the Bible they automatically go forward towards discipleship okay Um, going back to the book number two says disciples you became imitators of us and of the Lord having received um, the word with much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit Um, and so uh, when it comes to following one another, when it comes to imitating someone, you should not follow anyone because of their title or position.
3: <laughs>
1: Welcome to class. <laughs> you have to look at their alignment with the, with the mind and with the way of Jesus Christ. Just because someone says that they're a bishop or an elder or whatever title they have been carrying. that don't matter. You have to look at how they're carrying themselves though. How they are lining up with the word of god okay and paul he was that um example for them and paul lived his life according to how god wanted for him to live okay um, going back to the book it says this is rather useful definition of disciple one who is a follower of us and of the lord people learn how to follow the lord by following the lord's people okay and so uh keep going here, say Paul was um, able to disciple the Thessalonians because they were willing to follow him. Because Paul's life was consistent with scriptures and the leading of God, the Thessalonians became followers of the Lord as well. Okay, So when we say we are following the leaders, we need to understand uh, what we're following the leaders in. Why, why are we following these leaders? What are they doing that's causing us to follow them? And so, are we just uh, doing things because the leader told us to do certain things? Well, uh, my pastor told me to go serve on on this committee here and serve on hospitality, and I'm just doing it because that's what my pastor asked me to do. But in that, in that what he's asked me to do, how does that edify the body? How does that um, help? grow uh, and make disciples. and so we have to be careful in our particular work that we are doing claiming this for the Lord and we are, we talked about a few weeks ago how we always tag on doing this for the glory of God and ain't giving God no glory. And so yeah we had a tickle about that one you I remember that one and so we had, that's something that we have to uh, really 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 keep in mind there. Um, and so we claim to be obedient, but, uh, to our pastors and a lot of our leaders, but a lot of our pastors and leaders are leading us astray. And we don't even realize that they're doing that. They're like the sheaves and what sheaves and uh, what was it? Wolves and sheaves clothing. And so we have to really, uh, be, be careful about who we decide to follow. Okay. Um, um, but there are good leaders out there. I'm not going to say they're all bad leaders, but there are good leaders out there. And, um, and so in 1 Thessalonians 5, though he, uh, Paul talks about leaders. He said, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work, be at peace among yourself. And so leaders, they're, they're not just walking in front of you and leaving you behind, but they're, they're, they're walking and laboring among the people. And so it's not the leader than the congregation, it's the, the leaders amongst the congregation. And we're walking, we're leading, uh, we're, we're uh, going towards Jesus Christ in that way. And so the church, like, like we can talk about, has it backwards. We got the, the pastors and the leaders in the front and then the congregation. That, no, if you, if you are real, really leading like the Lord wants us to lead, you'll lead among the people. That's how Paul says it. He says to, to those who labor among you. Okay. And uh, we should not lord over God's people. And we do that when we lord over God's people when we require the people to call us by a title. I know that's going to be like, because uh, we, we, this, is, this is what we, if, if, if I call somebody by their first name, if you call me by my first name, Camelia, I'm not going to be mad that you did not call me Elder Camelia. People, people will flip tables, will call you out, in front of people because you didn't call me by my title. I remember, I remember, I remember when we, did, we used to do revivals and we invited this particular um, pastor at the time, I guess he just been elevated bishop, I don't know. But I, I knew him as pastor. I mean, we, we came from the, you know, the old church itself. Before he was even a pastor, he was just ministered before that. Before he was a minister, I just knew him by first name. And so when I see him, I was like, what's up, pastor? You know, we just cool. Like, he give me high five, you know, just, just cool. And so his little flunkies behind him was like, that's Bishop. And I was like, so pastor, where's your room? You Did somebody show you your room? I'm like, I'm not about to sit here. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that. Now I don't mind calling him bishop, <laughs> but don't don't give me the funky look that I just call <laughs> him a, a pastor. There's no, because we, we got the ranking. The bishop is the high, though and, it really ain't. And so <laughs> and so that's a way of lording over God's people that you make people call you by a title, but you don't even walk in your function. So yeah, we gotta we gotta be careful. We gotta be careful, but people never because we just think that's that's respect. we gotta call the pastor and all that stuff. It's a function, not a title. It's a function, not a title. Okay. Um let's see here. Let's go back to the book. Um it says, where am I? I think I'm on page, oh, yeah, going to go into the training process. Um, on page 103, uh, 102,
5: 102, um, that says, uh, Dictionary defines train hey. as. Yep. There's a, and, and I know because we always hit the left side of that, but there's also another side that I've noticed among people with that concept of titles to where the leader does not allow you to call them by a title, but they still want the worship. <laughs> and that's what I'm like If that that line is so fine and so you know what I mean that we literally just have to be so careful and mindful because it's like up. Oh, don't call me apostle don't call me bishop just call me brother but then at the end of the day I'm always throwing in your face that I'm in charge you get what I'm saying yeah, and I'm like, yeah no, and and I'm like we that line oh is on. It's, on like, it's almost
2: like it's
5: it's it's I, everything that you're saying is like man, it's so on both lines. And I was watching a show last night, and this guy told another she was like a cop, and he told her like you're a good cop, but you be going back and forth on that line, and that's where a lot of us and leadership are today we're on that line going back and forth oh i'm humble you know you ain't even got to call me pastor wayman you know but at the end of the day you you're gonna do what i tell you to do or you get the ones that's on the other side to where they say no acknowledge my title but then they're not running around forcing everybody to do their bidding so it's like we just all have to be careful and mindful because that line is so blurry that we'll look up one day and realize like man just because you ain't using the title don't mean you're not operating in this lordship
1: Mm -hmm. go ahead go ahead it it brings you all the way back to what you say which is true Titles are functionality. <laughs> a lot of people have titles, but no even function. <laughs> to title, you just want I to was going. That. That. But there's <laughs> no fruit dropping from no tree to say you are that. <laughs> period. Debbie and, at and, and, and period. Okay. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. It is fact. It's fact. It's fact. You are lording over God's people, and you required a, a, a parking spot. You are lordy over God's people if you have a fancy seat in church and we sitting on these hard pews. You are lordy over God's people if you require a salary in order to teach. No, 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 no. Where Jesus said, "I ain't to have a place to stay." (laughs) Ah, but we require it. Okay, all right, never mind. All right, Uh, I got like two minutes. Let Let me let me go on here. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, the dictionary, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the next paragraph says, in training we want to help maximize the potential for Jesus Christ in the training process. It must remember that the trainer cannot take upon himself the work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so the, like I talked about earlier, this is the mistake that many church leaders have. We have to stop allowing people to think that we have all the answers for their lives because we don't the only person who had all the answers was jesus christ (laughs) the one who operated every gift that's that's available was jesus christ don't allow people to to make you think that they operate every gift that they operate every office no we have the body for a reason okay and so um
2: our role is to train you all to come to a place where you're able to recognize
1: truth. Okay. Um, so, um, that is the work of the Holy spirit where we teach you about the, uh, the requirements and about the work of the Holy spirit and what he does. The Holy spirit is just not here for you to make you feel good and to shout. He wants to lead you into all truth. I promise you he does. He has more work than that. I promise. Um, uh, the book goes back and says he cannot reach down inside a person and change his sense of values. Though so often he wished he could uh, when he meets people who appear to be giving their lives to the wrong things and whose sense of values seem to be warped. Um, and so uh, as leaders, we cannot change people. We cannot we, we cannot change people. The Holy Spirit changes people. That's it. OK, he does the transformation. Um, he said, all the trainer can do is help a disciple become what, become what he wants to be. If a person does not see the things from God's point of view, he, um, if he does not surrender his life to Jesus as Lord, if he is unwilling to pay the price of being Christ's servant, there is very little that can be done to disciple him. Okay. So yeah, a lot of us are wasting time, I'm going to say, I know this sounds bad, but a lot of people, are, we are wasting time with people who don't want to change. They just want, they just love hearing, they just ask. love to ask questions about scriptures, but they don't even take what we say to them and apply it to their lives. We have those who love to study, but don't want to change. Come to church, don't want to change. Sing in a choir, but don't want to change. We don't want to do the work. And and the the, textbook author is telling us that there is only little that we can do if that person doesn't want to make that commitment, okay? So we have to focus on those who want to make that commitment, who are trying out here in these streets because it's hard out here. And so we have to uh, invest time building them up and lifting them up and encouraging them and training them and making them disciples, okay? um and so uh let's see here i'm gonna do one more let's see here next paragraph it says in the final no i missed the part hold on uh, to disciple him go back to that other paragraph uh, okay this is why the major part um of this book is devoted to bring the basic issues of life into focus If a person is committed to Jesus Christ and highly motivated to do his will, the training process becomes simple, even enjoyable. It's not enjoyable at first, as I hear the testimony of the saints of the Revival Center. When we first rolled out this program, it was not enjoyable. (laughs) People could not understand what we were doing. I was ready to throw in the towel a few times. I'm
5: like, well, no. Sometimes it still ain't, I'm just you
1: know, saying. I know, I was honest, I was
2: honest.
1: <laughs> I was honest. <laughs> oh, I know, people, people just like, I just don't understand what we're doing, this don't make no sense. Every time I, I tickle when I hear Eva talk oh, about I just a tickle. I'm if I ain't
5: learned nothing, I do know about 70 AD. I do oh. know. She didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Camille, remember I told you. Oh, I kept,
0: well, done <laughs> Camille, remember I kept oh. telling you.
5: Camille, remember I kept telling you I was dreaming about 70 AD.
0: I
1: got up. A- yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. trust me, I dream about this material all the time. Sitting down with people <laughs> and having discussions with people about certain things. And child, yeah, this thing rains in me all day long. So yeah, I get it. But so at first when doing the discipleship work it is not an enjoyable work and it's hard work and it doesn't get simple it's never simple the word of God is never simple so the author I don't know what he's talking about that because as you continue to grow deeper and and learn the things of the Lord it is not simple I think it it becomes to where you well it's not simple but the stretching Mm -hmm. and the doing the work Mm-hmm. begin to become pleasing right you know and what makes it feel simple is the fact that you're gaining more understanding yeah and that increase of thirst and a hunger for more yeah. so i think that's what i think yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely we're talking about the training process your training so it's process hard to train people who don't want it mm-hmm. it's true so that's if you want
0: the word it's easier to train you
1: because that's, you know, your mind is, is mm-hmm. like you're there. Like you there, you attentive, you come yeah. with your materials, you're ready to take notes. But if you're dealing with people who don't even want to be here, okay. <laughs> who left a book at home, right. and all that, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do the work. It that it, you know, in preparation, like, you know, you're supposed to read a chapter, whatever the assignment is. Mm-hmm. So if you sit down and and play with your remote and watch TV all week long. Mm-hmm. And it comes time to go to school, be it by Zoom or in person, you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. So then you conjure up all these craziness about, well, what if it, no, just though the study, <laughs> prepare yourself. <laughs> then when you come to class, what you are seeing makes sense because but we have already plowed the ground. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true. it's true it's true it's true you can't come to class unfair i tried that in my previous uh learning experience and it never turns out right we just have excuses we have excuse after excuse so yeah everybody, everybody fall but you. right everybody everybody fall yeah
4: yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> <Even flavor>. yeah <laughs>
1: I bad. Bad. I'd be so mad give me you I love <laughs> but that bag, oh,
5: Okay,
1: okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't want to edit these things. No, I right. <laughs> um, Let's go to, I believe it's 103. No, wait, where am I? Final analysis. Okay, I did that. Oh, okay, that's where i have been now. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the final analysis, the trainer can contribute to a person's development in only two areas: the giving of time and the opportunity to learn. All other factors conduc- conducive to change and growth—a feeling of personal responsibility, willingness to work sacrificially, attitudes of teachability and flexibility, and native intelligence—are either inherited or controlled by the person himself. We just talked about that, so. Yeah. Um, next one says the trainer therefore must yield the total responsibility for change to the person he is uh training. He can, however, provide the person with a variety of training techniques that the person can use for his own self-development. At the end of the day, there is work for you to do. Okay, there's work. Um, and then I'm gonna read one more part. I think the trainer then assumes. The role of a guide and stimulus for the person enabling him to attain his own goals and uh, objectives. And so there is a level of truth to, to this statement here. So we are called um, by God to edify and build up one another. Um, spiritual guides, like I said, are here to train you all. The learning and training looks different. Um, uh, looks like a number of things that we must be faithful to the work, though. Um, nothing is more profound than our modeling of these things, So,
4: um, A learning uh, process, uh, a learning key is to see it in
1: action. Uh, and so I was telling my, my mentor, I got a, a new mentor that's helping me trying to find a across um, some career paths. And I told him that I, I can read material and catch it, but I'd rather hear somebody say it. Yeah. I'd rather hear somebody actually do the problems. I'm learning computer programming. And so it's all art. And so I rather I'd rather sit in the classroom and watch a teacher do it than just read the material. And so some people like that. I'd rather see um, you walk out this word so I can at least understand what I'm reading. And so that's why it's so important to have mentors and models in your life so that you can see how this walk in Jesus Christ is supposed to look like. Okay. I think I'm gonna stop right there. Yep, I'm going to stop right there. Any questions or comments? All righty. Next week, as I said in the beginning of this class, I just want to spend one session on this chapter. So we're going to chapter nine next week. Um, so uh, next week, we're going to do chapter nine. I thought we were already in chapter nine, so I've studying chapter nine all week. <laughs> but it was all good. Um, so, um, Chapter nine next week, that's when we talked about we're gonna talk about convictions and perspectives, gifts and callings. So we're getting to some good good stuff. So do the reading. That's all I ask. Just do the reading. So um if there are any, are any questions or comments, then I'll go ahead and close out here. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, oh God, for allowing us to get together and to learn more about you. We thank you, oh God, for um, the gift of learning, Father. We thank you, oh God, that you allowed us to learn more about you, Father, that we're able to learn the secrets of the kingdom. We're able to learn um, how to walk um, after you, Father. And God, we know that it is a lot of work. It's not easy because we're constantly contending against the flesh, God. And so we are thankful that you've given us the Holy Spirit um, that fights for us, Father. So as we continue to yield um, to the Holy Spirit of oh God, um, allow us not to become weary in all well doing, God. So God, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you all next week. Mm-hmm.